So during President Joe Biden's first year in office, he has given a total of 16 interviews, one six, 16 interviews. Compare that to President Trump, who gave 72 interviews. Now, granted, when Biden gives fewer interviews, he's kind of having pity on us. Because who wants to see Biden interviewed? It's painful. But Trump gave 72 interviews his first year in office compared to Biden's 16. President Obama, he even eclipsed both of them. He actually did 155 interviews in his first year, 155. Biden, 16. Remember the first 138 days of Biden's presidency, he did one press conference. One press conference the first 138 days. Now, yes, he's doing us a favor. Because when we hear Biden speak, we gain nothing. He's reading off of notes. He half the time, he doesn't even know where he is or what they're asking him. He rambles. But what's frightening is he's supposed to be running the country. I mean, this is the guy who's supposed to be like control. He's like, there's, it's, it's in shambles. The, the country, that's the reason. Is there any question? Senator Rand Paul has come out with his yearly report. This is hilarious, except that it's so pitiful. Rand Paul has come out with his yearly report on government waste, where Rand Paul lists all the wasteful programs, $52 billion. We're going to get into his whole list, his checklist of things, government, pathetic government waste, including a study about pigeons playing slot machines, pigeons playing slot machines. You you can't wait to hear how much the government tax dollars were spent on that. If it weren't so insane, it would be comical. That's all coming up. We are hosted by the VIN News Podcast Network, the VIN News Podcast Network, vinnews.com, the most, one of the most amazing news outlets out there, period. Ocasio-Cortez is vacationing this weekend in Florida, in sunny Florida, Miami, Ocasio-Cortez, no mask, of course, and here in New York City, I hope Ocasio is enjoying herself because New York City, the coronavirus is raging out of control. New York City just hit a record number of COVID cases because of Omicron right now. It is spreading, I mean, more than it ever has before. Now, that doesn't mean that its severity is a problem, as we'll get to, but it's highly contagious. And that's what the Democrats always told us about with Trump is how many cases, how many cases. So New York City has a record number of cases. Where's Ocasio, who represents New York City, represents Queens and the Bronx? She's down in Florida on vacation with no mask. What hypocrisy. Remember when Ted Cruz, remember during that blackout in Texas when Ted Cruz got on an airplane, flew to Mexico with his kids, and then he had to fly back. And remember everybody went haywire. How could Ted Cruz be abandoning Texas and be abandoning his constituents? Well, let's see what they say about Ocasio, about AOC, pulling the exact same type of stunt here with the coronavirus. Now, let's get into the coronavirus because it's raging out of control in in the sense of cases, in terms of cases. There's a record number of cases, and that's because now Omicron, don't, do not listen to me ever for medical advice. Speak to your doctor, do your own research. You, it is not wise to listen to me for medical advice, and I try not to give it. I'm never intending to give medical advice, but we've got to discuss the coronavirus and the policies that the Democrats are setting over here. So record number of cases, however, the Omicron variant, which is becoming the predominant variant, it doesn't seem nearly as severe. There's now a study that suggests, don't listen to anything I say here, folks, but just to be aware that there is a study on animals that suggests that the Omicron variant 
doesn't actually travel to the lungs, that it remains in the upper respiratory tract, which would be huge in a certain sense. Again, ignore what I'm about to say. Do not ever listen to me for medical advice. 17 disclaimers here. But in theory, it might be a blessing if a person's high risk, stay away from Omicron, get vaccinated, whatever, speak to your doctor. But for a lot of people out there, getting Omicron might actually be a good thing because maybe they develop antibodies to COVID and maybe it's not so dangerous. Again, I'm not suggesting that a person should get Omicron. I'm not saying a person should not get vaccinated, not getting into any of that. I'm just pointing out maybe the positives. But getting back to Corona, to the virus over here, it's the case numbers are setting are surging, setting all sorts of records. Now, Biden says, don't look at the case numbers, look at the hospitalizations and deaths. Not the cases, the hospitalizations and deaths. He's right. Biden is correct. Of course, you should not look at the cases because who cares? We don't care about cases. We don't care if people test positive. We care about deaths. We care about people getting very sick and getting hospitalized. But the problem is Biden suddenly wakes up. Suddenly now that this thing has got blown so far out of his control, not that Biden's ever done anything right for COVID really, other than try to get people vaccinated, which has helped, but it's been limited. But, but, but Biden finally wakes up and says, Oh, you know, and the Democrats finally wake up and say, let's not look at case numbers. Let's look at hospitalizations. Let's look at deaths. Republicans have been saying that forever. Trump was saying that, DeSantis was saying that, many Republicans have said that the media was in Trump's face for months and months, case numbers, case numbers, always talking about the amount of cases, and obviously, obviously the more cases there are, if, you know, COVID's a dangerous, deadly disease, so the more cases there are, the more deaths that could lead to, but now, but, 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 but the point is that if you have a variant or you have a strain where there's a lot of cases, you have a low risk group, whatever, a lot of cases, but minimal Deaths and hospitalizations, look, one death is too many, as I always say, every life is precious. But now Biden suddenly wakes up and says, let's not look at the cases. Well, where were you when Trump was in charge? Or where were you when we were talking about Florida, Texas and other states and said, let's keep, you know, the the high risk and the elderly people safe, but let's not worry about case numbers. So, but now Biden, because he's such a failure, promising he would shut down the virus again and again, shut down the virus, he's going to shut down the virus. And now the virus is spreading more than it ever did under Trump. And I have to mention, Biden, he had no game plan on COVID from day one. It is very clear. Now, he, he has been so humiliated by COVID because, remember, he's been telling us for a year and a half how he would shut down the virus. He was blaming Trump. He, you know, Trump arguably lost the election because of COVID in addition to all those, the, you know, the election fraud and all of those uh, rule changes that they, that the Democrats made to make it so easy to commit election fraud, but, but, and blaming COVID on it, but, but blaming it on COVID, but, 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 but Trump arguably lost because they blamed him for COVID. And yet Biden kept saying he's going to shut it down. And Biden's been worse, far worse than Trump. Biden has a vaccine. That vaccine, the majority of the country has been vaccinated thanks to who? Not thanks to Biden, thanks to Trump. It's the Trump vaccine. It's Operation Warp Speed. And yet, despite that, uh, the virus is surging out of control in some senses worse than it was under Trump. Trump did not have a vaccine when, uh, when he was president for the most, for, for the most part. Biden does have a vaccine and yet the numbers are arguably worse under Biden than they were under Trump. Now, now what was Biden's game plan? Biden kept saying he'd shut it down. He kept saying, elect him. He's going to shut down COVID. Well, how is he going to shut down COVID? He never did anything. Biden, other than getting people vaccinated, which you can thank Trump for, and Biden with the vaccine, with the vaccine, 
his numbers are worse on COVID, more deaths than Trump without the vaccine. And, and, and what was Biden? What, what, what policies did he put in place? He didn't, he, I don't even believe that most masks even help. And CNN themselves said that cloth masks are worthless. But Biden didn't even implement a, va- a mask mandate in a lot of places other than federal property. Biden didn't do anything. Name me one policy. He, he mandated that federal employees uh, get vaccinated. Big deal. Name me one COVID policy that Biden even put into place other than telling people get vaccinated or you're going to be in trouble. And, 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 and uh, basically uh, warning people who don't get vaccinated that they're in danger. That's it. So there is no Biden COVID policy. So the whole thing was a lie. It was just to get Trump out of office, and COVID was the crisis that they needed. The whole thing was just a pure lie, Biden pledging to get rid of COVID. He, and I, and look, we knew that. We knew that, but this proves it. Me, by the way, Biden said that Omicron, that the variant was a surprise. Omicron was not a surprise. There are six-year-olds who understood, who recognized that there's going to be new variants and new strains. Everybody knew that new strains were going to come. You know who was surprised by COVID? Trump was surprised by COVID, and the rest of the world was surprised by COVID back in 2020, but Biden had like almost a year to prepare. And now he's had another year and he's an abysmal failure. And now they're talking about, this is important, they're talking about mandating the vaccine for kids. That's the new one, mandating the vaccine for kids. Now, again, we're not getting into the actual vaccine, the effectiveness of the vaccine, the safety of the vaccine. As I said, I'm not the medical expert. Don't listen to me for medical advice. Consult with your doctor, but I certainly do not believe that they should force people to get the vaccine, and I certainly don't believe that they should force children to get the vaccine because children, the the chance of a child getting badly sick from COVID is infinitesimal. And look, maybe there are some high-risk children out there, and again, don't listen to my advice for children either, but you know, maybe there are some high-risk kids out there with lung issues, but your average child, I mean, it, it's just the chances of getting severely ill from COVID for a child or getting hospitalized are infinitesimally small. More children get sick, according to the CDC, from the flu every year, badly sick than, and hospitalized and die from the flu than from COVID. And, and they're not, they haven't been mandating the flu vaccine for children, obviously. NBC News, they had this frightening headline, NBC News trying to scare you. But then when you actually read the story, the whole thing is just a sham. As usual, it's just fake news. NBC News said that the number of children hospitalized with COVID has doubled in the in recent weeks. NBC News trying to fearmonger and use this major scare tactic. They had a headline saying number of children hospitalized with COVID has doubled in recent re- weeks. Sounds very frightening, right? But when you actually read the article, buried deep down in the article, it's clear that they're not talking about children who necessarily have been sent to the hospital because of COVID. They may be in the hospital for a whole different reason. They actually quote a doctor. The doctor they're quoting in this NBC News article actually says that, oh, by the way, the kids, they're not necessarily in the hospital due to complications from COVID. They just happen to, they could come into the hospital with a broken arm or, you know, some other reason that they're hospitalized, some issue that they had, some surgery, whatever. And they happen to test positive for COVID And that's counted then as a child that's hospitalized with COVID. So, again, the point is that inflates the numbers because they're making it sound like, oh, it's so scary. Children are getting COVID and they're being sent to the hospital. This COVID strain is so much worse for children than it was because the number doubled. It's not true. The number doubled because they they, they, they didn't used to test every kid who came to the hospital for whatever reason for COVID. But now because it's surging, 
and it's spreading so quickly. Now they're testing every single child. So they changed the testing rules. So NBC tried to make it sound like COVID is getting worse for children and it is not getting worse for children. Here's a quote from a doctor in the same, in the same story. Quote, his hospital has seen a kid, a lot of kids test positive for COVID without necessarily showing symptoms or getting sick. And then this doctor offered, he said, quote, we test anybody admitted to the hospital for whatever reason to see whether or not they have COVID. We're definitely seeing an increase in cases. However, we're really not seeing an increase in children hospitalized for COVID or in the ICU for COVID. So again, you, I'm going to read that again. He says specifically, NBC News trying to scare you, thinking that these kids are getting sent to the hospital with COVID. And this doctor said, quote, we test anyone admitted to the hospital for whatever reason to see whether they have COVID. He said, we are not seeing an increase in children hospitalized for COVID or in the ICU for COVID. He says that in the story. They actually quote him in the story. And yet the headline tells you the exact opposite. Following the guidance of the CDC, hospitals are now testing virtually everyone admitted for any reason for COVID, including children. So the doubling of the number of children admitted to hospitals is not the number of kids hospitalized for COVID. It's the number of kids hospitalized who happen to have COVID. It could be a runny nose, breaking your leg, or some other reason that you get admitted to the hospital. I guess not many, not too many kids get admitted to the hospital for a runny nose, but you get my point. By the way, even with this doubling, the hospitalization rate of children with COVID is like something like 0.05% or maybe 0.1%. It's one-tenth of 1%. So it, you're talking about minuscule, minuscule numbers, thankfully. Senator Rand Paul, his annual report on government, government waste, $52 billion in taxpayer money, was just completely wasted. And he gives you a whole rundown, as he always does. So let me give you some of these here. Uh, $549 million wasted on Afghani plans, uh, planes, I should say, Afghani airplanes that were tossed out. So again, we bought these Afghani airplanes that were supposed to be used by U.S. troops. And then, of course, we cut out of there, pulled out of there. So those planes are now garbage, $549 million in airplanes down the drain, $337,000 on fattening eels for human consumption. You cannot make this stuff up. Yes, the U.S. government spent 300, this is documented, $337,000 on fattening eels for human consumption. The government spent $465,000 in Portland, Oregon to create a token-based economy where pigeons are taught to gamble with slot machines. I'm, I kid you not. This is Rand Paul. This is straight out of a government program. It's a grant to the NIH, by the NIH, to some college in Portland, Oregon, $465,000 to create a token-based economy where pigeons are taught to gamble with slot machines. Uh, the government spent $25 million on a COVID relief grant to display art projects in New York City. Yes, $25 million to display art projects in New York City that that came from a COVID relief grant. Talk about COVID relief, art projects in New York City. $250 million for constructing border walls. Nope, not in the U.S., not on the Mexican border. Border walls in the Middle East and North Africa, the DOD. Defense Department spent $250 million to construct border walls in the Middle East and North Africa. They wouldn't give Trump a couple of, a, a, a few million for a border wall uh, on the southern border with Mexico, but they'll spend $250 million in the Middle East and North Africa. It's egregious. Uh, $150,000 free trips for Korean kids to visit Washington, D.C. Uh, $4.5 million 
grinding up ferrets to develop COVID vaccines. They spent $4.5 million to grind up ferrets to develop COVID and flu vaccines. $2.1 million tax credit incentivizing California residents to uninstall their fireplaces. $2.5 million developing a film about dinosaurs to inspire middle school kids. $11 million telling people not to burn their trash. They spent $11 million, I guess, in some promotional campaign to, to tell people not to burn their trash. $400 million planting trees in New York City. This is not a typo. $400 million planting trees in New York City. That is just pathetic. Uh, and four point, this is the most incredible number. You have $4.2 billion social security overpayments to beneficiaries in 2019. They just did the math here, but literally $4.2 billion. One, two, three, four, five, six, eight zeros, four, and then a two, and then eight zeros, $4.2 billion. Uh, social security overpayments to beneficiaries in fiscal year 2019. Kamala Harris has absolved China of any blame for the pandemic, of course. It's egregious and it's disgraceful. The former head of the NIH, Francis Collins, also essentially said that we should not get distracted by theories about how the pandemic started. Yeah, maybe it's a, maybe it came out of a bat, which it didn't. That's been basically disproven. Maybe it was a lab leak, but it's just a distraction. Don't focus on that. How is it just a distraction? Because I believe that China, I think this was just a test. Um, but the Washington Examiner quoted um, Kamala Harris saying, uh, making comments essentially saying that there's nobody to blame. She said, quote, she was on CBS. She said, I don't think this is a moment to talk about fault. She said, it's no one's fault that the virus hit our shores or hit the world. It's more about individual power and responsibility, the decisions everybody has choices to make. What on earth is she talking? Yes, it is absolutely somebody's fault. And in fact, we know whose fault it is. It's China's fault because even if you believe that it came from a bat, which it did not, but even if you believe that it came from a bat, uh, China knew about it. The WHO, they knew about it for weeks and weeks and China was well aware they should have shut down travel. But China, certainly they wanted it to spread to other countries. If for no other reason, then they didn't want to be the only the only country whose economy totally tanked. China could have prevented it. They could have prevented the spread of this virus. They could have contained it. They did not. So it's 100 percent China's fault. The WHO was complicit as well. And yet Kamala Harris is absolving China of the blame. You got Francis Collins of the NIH. He just retired, but he's absolving China of the of, of the blame. And and China's not getting punished. China is getting zero punishment whatsoever. We're essentially telling them no problem. You can spread a pandemic and do it again. You can you can kill millions of people. No consequence whatsoever because we're frightened of you. Brad Lander. The new controller of New York City has his own security detail, his own police, NYPD security detail. So Brad Lander is actually ha- having a, uh, 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 an NYPD police officer, more than one, um, as his own personal security detail as the controller of New York City. The reason that's so incredible is he called for defunding the police. Brad Lander, these people are unbelievable. They, 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 they called to defund the police. They support defunding the police, taking the money away from police departments, shrinking police departments, getting rid of cops, taking cops off the street. They support like replacing cops with like social workers. But then they themselves don't have to worry because they have their own personal cops assigned to them as as security. It's outrageous. AOC, remember AOC Ocasio, 
and the rest of the squad, they spend tens of thousands of their own campaign dollars, which are funded by donors, for their own private security. They literally have private security firms guarding them, securing them, and uh, and they support defunding the police. Of course they support defunding the police because what do they care? It's only going to affect the little people. They, they have their own security. Uh, the House has passed a bill. We told you about this, creating a monitor against Islamophobia. This is... Thanks to Elon Omar, Elon Omar was offended by Lauren Boebert. Lauren, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert made a joke about Elon Omar, insinuating she's linked to terrorism. Which, by the way, she is. Don't, be, shh, don't you're not allowed to talk about that. But um, you know, she has supported um, terrorists in the past. But, uh, but but so Elon Omar felt bad about that. She was insulted. She hung up on Lauren Boebert in a phone conversation. When Bobert essentially was calling to apologize, and uh, now she they've created a monitor against Islamophobia, but the problem is it may severely restrict free speech. There's a this Muslim scholar, Dalia Al Akidi, a senior fellow at the Center for Security Policy and a Muslim scholar, and this Al Akidi says that there's no clear definition of what Islamophobia is, so this thing could really go to an extreme here. Um, I don't know if this is a he or a she. But this Muslim scholar said, said quote, you, you, let's say you criticize Hamas and you call Hamas a terror organization. Is that called Islamophobia? Let's say you criticize Hezbollah or Iran or Turkey. He says, what, he says, what about people oppressed by Islamic governments um, and you actually criticize these governments, these extremist governments, these terrorist governments, Iran? Maybe I just – maybe I'm guilty right now of Islamophobia by calling Iran – a state sponsor of terror, which they are. It's like one big gigantic terrorist regime, Iran. Um, so uh, uh, that's a great point. They're basically saying you're going to silence people. It's very dangerous. It's a total abuse of freedom of speech. Border Patrol has arrested a possible terrorist trying to cross the border illegally from Mexico to the United States. This is so frightening. This is one of the reasons – obviously there's many reasons that you need to protect – the southern border, and Biden has been a, a disaster. It's catastrophic. I mean, Biden, everything has been a disaster, as we know. The end of his first year here, inflation is out of control. The southern border is a disaster. Afghanistan is a disaster. Iran, we'll get to Iran in a moment. He's a disaster on COVID. The economy, as we said, is in really bad shape. Anything Biden touches becomes just a disaster, just a mess, a total train wreck. So, but so the southern border, obviously, there's illegals coming across. They're not vaccinated, by the way. Biden goes and he dumps them into rural communities and into residential communities, uh, which is which is just totally, totally unthinkable, inexcusable. But now, somebody from Saudi Arabia, uh, who's a suspected terrorist, has crossed the border. By the way, Biden, you know, they just evacuated thousands of people, Afghani citizens into the United States when, when when the Afghanistan pullout happened and they didn't check any of their credentials or they didn't do background checks. For all we know, Biden actually shipped Islamic terrorists on airplanes, chartered them directly to the United States, which is also very frightening. But um, but but this potential suspected terrorist came across the border from Mexico and he's been arrested. But who knows how many more of these people have not have not been caught, have not been apprehended by Border Patrol. Meanwhile, CBP, Customs and Border Patrol, or Customs and Border Protection, deleted a tweet about the apprehension of this suspected terrorist. Somebody tweeted, one of the heads of um, Border Patrol tweeted about the um, this potential suspected terrorist who was apprehended at the southern border 
But that tweet was mysteriously deleted. That that tweet came from Chris Clem. He's the Yuma Sector Chief Patrol Agent. And he announced on Twitter that agents arrested an illegal migrant who appeared to be from Saudi Arabia, who was linked to several Yemeni subjects of interest, but they deleted the tweet. Well, why did CBP, why did Customs and Border Protection delete the tweet? They claim it's because it contains sensitive information. But... But maybe they deleted the tweet because it seems offensive to Muslims. Maybe they don't want to offend people like Elon Omar. Earlier this year, CBP deleted a press release that they had initially published about two Yemeni men who were on the terror watch list who were arrested by Border Patrol. So uh, they, 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 they claimed it's for national security concerns. That was the reason they deleted or retracted this press release. But it was about two potential terrorists, two not just potential. They're on the terror watch list, two Yemeni men arrested by Border Patrol. So can you say cover-up? Maybe here, maybe the Biden administration wants to cover up the fact that there are literally, thanks to Biden and Kamala Harris, two disasters, um, president and, and, and VP, worst, worst president in history, at least based on the first year, and, and certainly the worst vice president in history. She's blaming it on racism. She says we're criticizing her because we're racist. Well, is Biden, is Biden not white? Biden's a white male. So, and we're, we're ripping Biden just as much as we're ripping Kamala. So I don't think it has anything to do with racism. I think you guys are just really, really awful. But, um, but, but they keep deleting these tweets and these announcements about the fact that they're catching uh, Islamic terrorists, Islamic extremists crossing the southern border from Mexico into the U.S. This is terrifying. And who knows how many more, if they're catching these and announcing it, who knows how many more um, are, are, are slipping past them and, and we're never even finding out. All right, so Iran continues to go full force. It's unbelievable because Iran, there is no, there's, there are no consequences whatsoever, no punishment. Iran is just, they're out of control here. They are so frighteningly close to a nuclear weapon. They're going full force, developing a nuke, uh, enriching uranium to a very, very high degree of purity. Remember, they, they're over 60%. 90% is when you have uranium that's enriched enough to, create a nuclear bomb, and they're already at 60%. They are weeks away. They're weeks away, and that's assuming they're telling the truth. Maybe they're even enriching it to a higher degree than they're admitting, but there's nothing. There is nothing right now stopping Iran from developing nu- nuclear weapons, and they announce it. They, like, literally are proud of it, and they're, like, sticking it in our face. They're taunting Biden, and yet no response. They refuse to let UN inspectors in to inspect their nuclear facility. I mean, they're just laughing at us. They are laughing all the way to a nuke. It's it, it, it's infuriating. Uh, no sanctions, uh, at least no new sanctions. Uh, there were already existing sanctions. No military strike of any sort. And uh, the only one who does anything is Israel and the Mossad. Every few weeks, there'll be like a mystery fire or a mystery explosion in one of these nuclear facilities. But they're just taunting us. And it's really pathetic. Israel says they will ensure that Iran does not develop a nuclear weapon. They are conducting practice drills for what may be a potential massive strike against Iran's nuclear facilities. But, like, that's it. If in, if not for Israel, like, the entire world would literally just sit there and allow Iran, this this massive, massive terror cell, because that's what they are, uh, to just to just develop nuclear weapons. And they've already got the missiles. I mean, and Obama basically gave them all the ingredients, and uh, they just weren't allowed to, like, put the centrifuges together and actually enrich the uranium. They were allowed to ha- stockpile enriched uranium, but only to a very low degree of purity. So, like, Obama gave them basically all the tools they need all right, with, the, with, the Ob- with the bogus Obama nuclear deal. 
Nancy Pelosi and her husband, uh, who have, by the way, gotten rich from the stock market over the years, very, very wealthy. So Nancy Pelosi and her husband, who's like some kind of stockbroker, they have bought millions of dollars in stock options in the last few weeks. That came days after Pelosi defended the right of Congress to buy stock, of members of Congress to buy stock. Um, she has bought millions of dollars in stock options, a bunch of tech stocks, by the way. Uh, a, a reporter asked Pelosi if, if members of Congress should be allowed to buy stock, and she said yes. She said it's a free market economy. It's a free market economy, so of course co- members of Congress should be allowed to buy stock. So I love it. I love it when liberals invoke capitalism and free market when it like suits their agenda. I mean this is a woman who – is not interested at all in a free market economy except when she wants to use it to buy stocks. So Ocasio Cortez actually disagrees with Pelosi. I'm actually, I, I'm actually with Ocasio on this one. I hate to say it. Uh, even a broken clock is right twice a day, but uh, Ocasio disagrees with Pelosi. Ocasio believes that members of Congress should not have a right to purchase stocks because there's simply way too much of a conflict there. Quote, here's a quote from Ocasio. There's no reason members of Congress should hold and trade individual stocks when we write major policy and have access to sensitive information. She said this on Twitter. There are many ways members can invest um, without creating actual or appeared conflict of interest like thrift savings plans or index funds. And essentially, Ocasio is saying, don't buy stocks. There are other ways you can invest if you're desperate to invest. But there's too much access. Number one, members of Congress can manipulate the, the market in all sorts of ways. Look at COVID. There were members of Congress. They knew that there'd be a lockdown that there was likely a lockdown coming weeks before. Wasn't there some co- member of Congress who invested in Zoom? I don't remember. But uh, they knew things like that are coming. They know things like that are coming in advance. And they can actually vote for bills that can affect their stock prices in one way or, or another. And they have tons of inside information. So members of Congress, I'm not into restricting and regulating too much. But this is one area because this is restricting the government, which I am into. That's why I'm into term. I'm, I support term limits as well. Because these members of Congress, they have way too much power and freedom. They should not be allowed to buy stocks, period. That's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.